Hello, and welcome to another episode of Words of Wisdom, a podcast series dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. My name is Jerry Weirwell, and it is my pleasure to be on this journey together with you to discover the powerful truths that God has revealed to those who desire to become wise and discerning. Proverbs 22.6 reads, Train a child in the way he should go. Even when he grows old, he will not turn aside from it. This proverb is an implicit instruction to parents on how to properly raise children. But upon reading the proverb, it doesn't seem like a lot of specific detail is given about just how parents are to do this. What we are given is simply the imperative, train a child in the way he should go. This very brief statement might not seem like much at first glance, but there's actually a lot going on that most people are unaware of. Let's start by looking at the text itself to gain some understanding about what the verse is saying. The Hebrew word translated train, tranak, has the basic meaning of to dedicate. This doesn't tell us what the end goal of this dedication is for, but in the context of Proverbs as a whole, we can understand that it is talking about educating children where a child can be dedicated by the parents toward a specific course of life. This is the entire aim of why Solomon wrote so many Proverbs. It is expressed in every chapter for the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs, where Solomon will say things like, in chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, My son, do not forget my instruction, and let your heart guard my commandments, for they will add to you length of days, years of life, and peace. And in chapter 4, verses 20 to 22, My son, pay attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to the ones discovering them, and health to a person's whole body. And again in chapter 8, verses 32 and 33, So now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep on my roads. Listen to my teaching and become wise, and do not neglect it. The idea that is being impressed upon us is the necessity for parents to teach and guide their children so that they know what is right and wrong, good and bad, wise and foolish. And thus the common English translation, train, really does a good job of capturing this idea of parents giving intentional direction and teaching to a child in order to help them form an understanding for how to make wise choices and how they should behave and act in life. Now, some people might think that when they read the word child, that the proverb is talking only about little children, such as toddlers or children in their pre-adolescent years. However, the Hebrew word for child, na'ar, can vary in ages from infancy to even adulthood. Although, here in verse 6, it is most likely referring to a young child in pre-adolescence or teenage years for two reasons. One, because these are the most formative years of a person's life, where they develop their thinking patterns and many ways of perceiving the world and life in general. And number two, the nature of life training that a parent is supposed to deliver requires a child to be able to formulate thoughts and, and use their own reasoning and intellect to a significant degree, which is beyond the ability of infants and toddlers. Moving on to another important element of the proverb, Let's look at the only clue we have in the verse about the training or disciplining that a child is to receive by their parents. The proverb says that the training is to be directed at educating the child in the way he or she should go. 
Proverbs almost universally has both male and female audiences in mind, with few exceptions. But masculine pronouns are used predominantly throughout the book. Now, this phrase, the way he or she should go, is not about parents telling their children about which college or school that they think the child should attend, or the type of occupation or employment that they think would be most suitable for them. Rather, in the context of Proverbs, all the teaching and education of the youth is aimed at achieving one thing, to make them wise and discerning. And so we can understand the phrase, the way he should go, as metaphorically referring to the correct way that the child is to live before God, that is, in the righteousness and holiness that comes from gaining wisdom and discernment. As we learned about in a previous episode, the basis for this correct way to live is with the fear of Yahweh. If you'd like to know more about what it means to live with the fear of Yahweh, please see episode two, The Fear of Yahweh is the Foundation. Well, thus, the purpose of the training is for the child to learn to walk in the way of the Lord, which Proverbs says will result in the person being blessed by God as we read above in chapter 8, verse 32. The interesting thing about training a child is that it requires consistent effort and attention on the part of the parent. The type of dedication that is being discussed consists of this continual education and interaction. It's not some simple one-time talk with the child about life. And thus the proverb is instructing parents to mold and teach the child over the course of time as they grow up What is the proper course of living in the light of God's laws and commandments? In chapter 22, verse 5, we can see that the exhortation is to avoid the road of the twisted person, which consists of danger and trouble. And so here in verse 6, parents are charged with educating a child so that the child does not go down the wrong road in life. The duty of the parents is one of guiding the child onto the right road from the start, so that they will not experience the hardship and afflictions that await those who follow the road of the wicked. The wisdom contained in this proverb is that the habits a child forms when they are young usually follow them into adulthood. Therefore, if they are allowed to indulge in their selfish desires or evil inclinations, it is a form of training that they will log consciously or subconsciously, and they will develop a pattern of living according to that way, which will likely continue throughout their adult life. However, if a child is trained to live according to the way of the Lord, with wisdom, and to submit in obedience to God's commands, then that pattern will be formed within them, and they will likely continue to follow it throughout their life. But as with all aspects of life, each person has the free will to choose what road they will take. Every child can be taught to honor and obey the Lord. But each child, when they become an adult, must choose the road that they will travel. And as Proverbs points out, there are only two roads in life. One, the road of wisdom and righteousness. And two, the road of foolishness and wickedness. The second line of the proverb says, even when he grows old, he will not turn aside from it. Now we must remember one of the keys to interpreting Proverbs. Proverbs are not unconditional promises or irreversible formulas that always come true in any circumstance. If you want to know more about keys to interpreting the book of Proverbs, see episode zero, Introduction to the Book of Proverbs. While the proverb claims that when a child is old, that is grown up, they will not turn aside from it. The pronoun it refers to the way that the child should go, meaning live, and the way that a child should live is the road that they were taught by their parents, and that road is to be founded upon the fear of Yahweh. 
But the dedication and training given by parents is not a guarantee that the child will never deviate from that road. A child may choose to walk a very different road in life through negative influences of peers or the world and be led astray from the road that they were taught when they were young. But parents are fulfilling their obligation to the Lord by teaching their children that they should choose the road of wisdom. For in so doing, Proverbs says that it will result in life, well-being, and success. And furthermore, a child is more likely to stay on a particular path in life that they grew up knowing than if they had never known that path. To paraphrase the wisdom that the proverb is expressing, we could say, teach a child to fear the Lord while they are young. And when they grow up, they will generally continue to live that way of life. To illustrate this point, I want to tell the story about the life of John Newton. John was a very young lad when he began to sail with his father, who was a sea captain. John would help out on deck, coiling ropes and putting things in order on the ship as best he could. The sea is really not a place for a young boy. But John had been getting into trouble until his behavior grew worse, and his father decided to take him on voyages with him in order to keep an eye on John. But as one can imagine, the crew of sailors did not provide good influences for John either, and he was drawn into even more shady and lewd behavior. One time at port, as John was walking down a dark street one evening, he heard someone call to him, Hey you! John recalled that his father had warned him previously about being aware of gangs of Navy officers who would abduct young boys and then have forced them to serve on warships. John turned and ran, but was overtaken by the men and then dragged off and thrown into the dark hall of a ship with a number of other unfortunate young men. As John grew into his 20s, he became a very rebellious, foul character beyond that of most of his fellow sailors. He deplored the idea of God and mocked anyone who professed to believe in God. Through all the harsh treatment and unfortunate experiences of John's life, he had come to a place of being a bitter, calloused man. John became a slave trader, making many voyages to Africa to capture and buy slaves who were then transported to America and the Caribbean. One day while John was on a long voyage, the ship was caught in a fierce storm. Being ravaged by the wind and the waves, the ship would lurch and rock back and forth as it climbed the waves and then plunged into the sea over and over. Each time, waves would crash over the sides and sweep off more of the ship's supplies. After several hours, the stress on the ship became too much and it began to break apart. Water began rushing onto the ship and one of John's fellow sailors was quickly washed overboard. John was a veteran sailor and had been through many storms at sea, but none so violent as this one. In the face of what seemed to be certain death for John, John's mind turned toward his childhood, when his mother used to constantly read him the Bible and pray with him. John found himself crying out to God, Lord, have mercy on us. But as he cried out to God, John thought to himself, what mercy can there be for a wretch like me? As John continued to plead with God, he confessed all the wrong that he had done and how sorry he was for turning away from him. At that moment, even in the midst of a raging storm, John began to feel peace in his soul. You see, John's mother had died when he was about seven years old. But the influence of her life and how she sought to train John to love the Lord and to trust in him was not lost. 
And in the moment when he most desperately needed it, those early experiences of John with his mom were so deeply implanted in him that he almost subconsciously found himself drawing upon that source of strength that lay dormant deep inside him. Once the storm ended, the ship was able to make it to the nearest port, and John went in search of a Bible, and he gave his life to Christ. In 1755, John left sailing and took up an office job in Liverpool. He began to hold Bible studies in his home until he was ordained into the Anglican ministry, and in 1764, he began to oversee a parish in Olney in Buckinghamshire. He also later became a minister at a church in London and traveled around England telling people about his adventures at sea and how God had saved a wretch like him. During his time at the parish in Olney, one of John's friends, William Cowper, moved into the local area in order to be part of the small congregation. Cowper was a skilled poet, and he and John wrote hymns to be sung at every week's service. By the end of his hymn-writing days, John Newton had composed almost 300 hymns, of which one of them has become one of the most famous and favorite hymns of all time, Amazing Grace. As he was writing the hymn, John remembered the storm in which he almost died and how he came to realize the amazing grace that saved a wretch like him. And he remembered how wonderful it was to feel right with God at last when he wrote, How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. As Newton's life testifies, what we learn when we are young can stick with us the rest of our lives. However, when Newton grew up, he turned aside from the Lord and went astray in life, choosing the road of wickedness. But at one of the most critical moments in his life when he was facing death, if Newton didn't have that godly training from his mom when he was young, he probably wouldn't have called out to the Lord, repented of his sins, and asked for God in his amazing grace to forgive him and have mercy upon him. If parents will train their children in the way of the Lord, they will probably continue on that road. But even if they have gone astray, the instruction and guidance they received as a youth can resurface and they may once again remember and turn to the Lord. This is the wisdom of this proverb. Thanks so much for listening to the Truth or Tradition podcast. We hope you're enjoying this new series on the words of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And for more biblical resources, you can visit our website, truthortradition.com. And there you can subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of the future resources that we post.